This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. And if you do not know what radio stations that we are on, all you have to do is just go research. I mean, email Jen. That's what I suggest. So go email Jen. By the way, just as we started the show... Jen answered her phone and walked out of the studio. <clears throat> Hopefully she'll be back within two hours or so. Who knows who she's talking to. Um, I'll tell you this now, and we'll see what she says when she comes and sits down. Oh, no, she's coming back. Hi. Thanks for coming to work today. Um, <laughs> Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, hi. Um, so we rode in the Cadillac Escalade today. Yes, we did. You're excited about that car. Oh, yeah, I love it. But you think the wood is kind of crappy inside. Mm, yeah. Should I really tell you how I feel? (laughs) I mean, yes, please. You have this beautiful vehicle. I mean, just beautiful. And then you have this plastic wood. What do you call fake wood? Food? (laughs) I don't know. What's fake wood? Plastic. I guess it's it's plastic. plastic. It's like, I don't know. They really could have done something different with that. I think natural open pore wood would have been really great. I mean, the vehicle is amazing. What, 38 inch screen, 36, 38, 30, 38 inch screen. 36 OLED. Yeah, OLED. It's actually yeah. three screens in one. Uh, the 36 speakers. Night vision camera. I mean, you name it. Um, I can't talk to you about the ride and handling because that's embargoed right now. Yeah. I can tell you about the ride and handling later, but it's just, it's just really nice. It's beautiful. It's a, n- a nice price too, like eighty thousand dollars up. So you're probably going to be paying 90-something. But people keep these vehicles for a decade, at least oh. a decade. 12 years, I think, is the average that someone keeps their Escalade. And I like the infotainment <coughs> system in the back. Well, 36 speakers. Yeah, 36 speakers. Is it 36 inches and 36 speakers? I thought it was 38 and 36. Yeah, go. You see, what do we know? We're an only auto experts. Yeah. Our auto expert. <laughs> Our very own auto expert. <laughs> Uh, Isn't that embargoed? No, <laughs> you, you hope it's embargoed so you don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really nice vehicle, except Jen hates the wood. All right, what it's else you. are we going to go on today's show? Jen? Oh, me? No, I'll do it. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> VW announced a new SUV. It's called the uh, Taos. Is it Taos? Do you say Taos? Taos? Taos. I say Taos. Uh, Taos, like the T. Taos. Uh, we'll find it's, out. it's a new SUV from VW. Uh, Mark Gilley's going to join us to talk about that in just a minute or so. Uh, Infinity transforms the future of its new XQ60 using a monograph. Joining us will be Jeff Pope. from Vi- He's the vice president of Infinities of America. You know when you have a big wing on the show? You get phone calls all week from their, like, you know, managers and uh-huh. you know, chaperones. And the, f- and the and funny thing is you don't know because I booked them. Yeah, uh, and they, they have tons of questions <laughs> like, you know, will he be asked this? Will he do this? So they, they can prep him and make sure he's okay. Yeah. Uh, Carla Gonzalez, uh, she's joining us from Acura PR to talk about the prototype of the MDX just released. Mike Cadell, he is with his family, uh, Tyler 
and Megan mm-hmm. and his wife Flora, and they are taking an off-road motorcycle course this weekend. Yeah, he's playing in the mud. Yeah, playing yeah. in the mud. He's going to tell us all about that. The MSF Dirt Bike School. Uh, Tyson Hominy joining us. He's the vice president of data and analytics at JD Powers and Associates. This is really good for people who are interested in how the car buying market is concerned. I made a statement on uh, Fox News this week uh, when I was interviewed, which is I believe that this fall will be probably the be- one of the best times in history to buy a vehicle. And that's really simply why is because all these automakers are going to take assessment of where they stand and they're going to turn around and they're going to go, we're not doing well here. Here's a massive discount to buy these vehicles. We're well, doing fine here. They're not going to do it. And but the, I new, think, new vol- the new ones are coming out too. Yeah. So it's a great well, that always happens every year, of course. But right. I think uh, what's happening is now people are going to take stock of where they are and they're going to decide to discount their vehicles hugely mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the year. If they're not, and we're about five, five million down in sales across the nation. I think we were looking at a year of about 17 million originally before COVID hit. And post COVID, that may be down as low as 11 million. So we could be uh, as much as five or six million. Uh, vehicles down in sales this year and that means that those automakers that have vehicles that aren't moving are going to give you an amazing discount you couldn't find a better year probably than this fall to buy a vehicle anton warman will join us to talk about what's going on in the autonomous world electric world and also perry stern from msn autos and our auto expert is going to tell us about his big outdoors trip for me an outdoors trip is no cable tv that's about as adventurous as yeah what do you call it Glamping. Glamping. What is that? Yeah, if you've never been glamping, Jen. No. There's something wrong with you. No, I'm no. All right. Well, it's always <laughs> nice when, uh, despite the pandemic, car companies introducing brand new vehicles across the country, and uh, no exception from VW. They have uh, a bunch of new vehicles. We recently saw the new ID4. They're a first uh, fully electric SUV in the United States. We're excited about that coming to market. And of course, you may recall from previous episodes of this show that the pre-orders went crazy for that, and uh, the first batch was already sold out. Well, Volkswagen announcing a brand new VW SUV. SUV and joining us on the phone is Mark Gillis to talk about it. Mark, the first question for you: <laughs> What is the correct pronunciation? Because I've heard about four today. <laughs> uh, Taos. Taos. Okay, I win. Jen was right. <laughs> Jen was right. You can take the rest of the day off. Yeah. Sweet. So tell us a little bit about it because I was uh, unfortunately on a trip and wasn't able to join you for the unveiling, but the pictures look incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's uh, what we call an en- entry compact SUV. It's positioned below the Tiguan um, in terms of price and size. I think it's 9.3 inches shorter than the Tiguan. Um, but it's still, you know, pretty compelling package. I think what's happened is since compact SUVs have got bigger and bigger and moved basically to where midsize SUVs used to be, there's space in below and you know there's other vehicles obviously like um the subaru crosstrek um jeep compass and you know there's obviously a, a big market for those because i think last year there was some six hundred thousand of these entry compact SUVs sold so um you know we're looking to get a bit of that action basically um you you've got a pretty robust lineup anyway i mean uh, with the atlas and uh, of course the tiguan uh, do you think there's room to go in the direction below this and get an even smaller one, or is this about as small as VW would get? I think it's probably as small as we'd get. I mean, the the, the um, there's a car called the T-Roc that's sold in Europe. Yeah. 
um, which is smaller, but I think if you're bringing the cars in from Europe, it gets very expensive to import them. So for the moment, I think this is as small as we'll go. Um, and, and, you know, the, it's a bigger market segment than the smaller ones at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a pretty compelling vehicle. I mean, it's got a, a one and a half litre version of the, the, the Jetta engine, um, but it should be very fuel efficient. That's what we're hoping. Um, 158 horsepower, 184 pound feet of torque. Uh, I've driven it. It's it's a fun little truck, um, and um, yeah, it's got some good technology in it as well. Well, that's the thing. So I'm going to guess uh, at the market plan for this. This is probably aimed at somewhat aimed at empty nesters, but probably mostly aimed at young families, people who may be making their first step into an SUV out of uh, an inherited car or something like that. People who have young children. So they're always we like to call them millennial generation. They're always this generation who wants to make sure they are wired into the world around them. So I'm going to guess that tech is something that you have really bolstered up in this vehicle. Yeah, I mean, it's got our new infotainment system. Once you get to the SE trim, um, we've got things like available wireless charging, uh, available Wi-Fi. We've got a a configurable um, digital cockpit on all of the vehicles. Um, So, you know, as you say, people want to be uh, on the move. They want to be wired in. They want to be able to get their tunes they want to be able to hear their texts and uh, reply back to them all that kind of stuff so yeah that that's all in there um i'm old-fashioned i've just been driving a 1934 riley from goodwood <laughs> to reading in england and Lovely. that's a, that's no tech and it's fantastic no, no well, that's awesome experience so yeah <laughs> so. um you know me uh, me too i started to move away from being so technically wired in but i think everybody who's probably in this class of wanting these vehicles uh wants plenty of tech for them and the whole family uh adventuresome is it is it equipped to sort of take a trip to the campsite yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, all of the trims will be available with four motion all-wheel drive. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the ground clearance actually is, but it's got a reasonable amount. And, yeah, as you say, it's campsite. I don't think you're going to go uh, chasing it across, you know, crazy terrain. Right. But, um, it's well, going to get you to the... People like to think they can do crazy things in these vehicles, but they never do. I mean, a lot of people, this is why, you know, I think less than 1% of people that buy Land Rovers or Range Rovers ever take them off-road. So it's probably the same. As long as I think it can do it, I'm okay. <laughs> so Yeah, and I think for most people, the, the really important thing is capability in yeah. snow. Like yeah. you say, if they've got a cabin or something they're going up to in the hills and they're going off on dirt roads, you know, having that traction is really important for, for a lot of people. Right. Mark, finally, price and on sale. Do we know any, either of those things? Uh, we're not actually divulging price yet. I mean, it's going to be, if you look at the Crosstrek to the Forester, yeah. um, probably Same a thing. similar price delta. Right. Um, and then on sale, um, summer of next year, so 2021. Oh, good. So we'll probably get to drive it uh, second quarter of next year or so. That'll be a bunch of fun. Yeah, and, and guess where you're probably driving it, COVID willing? <laughs> In the small village called Taos, by chance? Uh-huh. Taos, yes. Taos. <laughs> Taos. All right. He'll get it eventually. I'll get, yeah, by the end of the show, I'll have it right. Mark Gillies from VW. Always great to have him on the show. We like to Eng- Englishify, Anglify, Anglify the beginning of our show every week. Stand by. More Our Auto Expert is going to be on the way. If you do not know... 
anything about the website, then I'm ashamed of you. OurAutoExpert.com <laughs> is where you go to uh, find it out. You can hear previous episodes of the show there. Also see all of our Fox News and uh, other news station reports that we do all over the country every week. The interesting thing is you might want to go and watch the Jaguar F-Type, the 2021 version that I drove in California, and the Land Rover Defender. If you haven't seen it on the road, I took it on the road in California. All right, more to come. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Um, I have had a good time over the years uh, watching in the Infinity Car Company grow. Uh, interestingly enough, if you look at most of, I would say, it's, I think it's uh, 70% of all the electronic safety features that you see in the modern car, a good deal of those came from Infinity. Uh, they were the pioneers of things like the surround view monitor. People call them the bird's eye camera, which, whichever, whichever brand calls it something differently. The first place you saw that, an Infinity. Just saying, they've uh, they've done an awful lot to move the world forward of the automo- automobile industry, and so they have a new offering in the in a segment of SUV. Joining us on the phone is Jeff Pope, vice president of Infinity America. Uh, Jeff, so you have a new, is it a new, completely new version, the QX60 monograph, or is it a preview version of the new version? Does that make sense? Well, the, the <laughs> yeah, first of all, Nick, thanks for having me on, and, and great to be speaking with you again. Uh, talking about the version you're referring to, which was the QX mon- QX60 monograph, uh, that is really a design study for where we're going with the future QX60. So in answer to your both your questions is really yes. Uh, it's beautiful, uh, it leads, by the it way. It leads to where we're going. Yeah, it's, oh, thank you. It's really, really beautiful. Um, and I'm excited about the way that the Infinity SUV line could be shaping up in the future because this is uh, it's just pleasurable to sit back and look at. Uh, currently, where does the QX60 sit when we talk about competition? So this is sort of, uh, the, is it a midsize SUV? Yeah, we use a different terminology in the industry, but when you talk about a midsize to large SUV, it's a three-row crossover is what it does. So it both has utility, and then the, the key to that is how you build style and luxury into that utility. Yeah, three-row crossover is, is where it squarely fits into the segments. I think one of the problems with these vehicles is to not make them look so much like trucks because initially vehicles of this size were based on trucks and it's, it's hard not to have the truck look and you've done an incredible job about making it large but not look like I'm driving, you know, making deliveries in my neighborhood, <laughs> which is always the, the hard thing to do. Um, the style, the shape, the uh, the thin lights, all of this sort of thing is sort of an indication of Infinity's future, right? It, it absolutely is. Uh, for specifically for QX60 uh, that's coming out, that'll really be the first design execution of this new design language. But as we move forward throughout the years, I think you'll start to see it, similar things like this make it, it make its way into other vehicles. 
Um, one of the things that I've noticed, obviously, a lot as technology progresses is headlights seem to be getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And I guess at some point in the future, you'll be able to get as many lumens as you need to uh, light the road out of just a thin, you know, half an inch strip across the across the vehicle. Uh, it looks like these headlights in the new monograph are actually about, uh, I would say, half or even less than that of the original uh, or of, of current headlight size. Yeah, you, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's it's a digital piano key lighting system. Uh, it's definitely a design element that you can expect to see on all future Infinity products. Uh, and in fact, you got probably a, an early glimpse at, at, at this on the QX55 that will be coming to market shortly as well, which already gave a teaser image that included that digital piano key lighting system as well. It's really an amazing system. Uh, I give the designers a lot of credit because it all seems very easy to do lighting. But once you start having to base it and put distance in between the lights and the LEDs and have the reflection work properly, it's really an amazing outcome what they've been able to do. And I know that we're waiting for the world premiere of the QX55, which um, I'm hoping is going to be uh, weeks away instead of months away. Um, but, but ultimately, I may have seen it already at a secret revealing in the desert. I may have not. I can't tell you. Uh, but, but, uh, but ultimately, uh, Infinity also, with your, um, some of your concept vehicles, really pointed a different future towards the automobile instead of this sort of packed with gadgets, buttons, and tech, uh, you've gone for this very clean, Japanese, pure view where everything is there as far as the buttons and the dash you need, but it's not a cluttered look. It's a clean, very much like a, fla a single Japanese flower almost. Boy, Nick, I can just bring you into our marketing team because that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. That's, that's either you've been very well prepped by us or, uh, or, or, or you just have a very good intuition on where we're going. But that's exactly what it is. Uh, I think, you know, we, you use the word concept on some of the other vehicles we've used in the past and it already showed some of this. I think the great thing about this is this is a design study. Uh, this is an exterior uh you know, design study for QX60 specifically. So the lines, all the, the wider stance, the sloping roof line, the wraparound greenhouse on the exterior, you absolutely see that. You know, we don't have any interior on it right now, but that will be coming shortly right. enough. But you can expect a lot of what you saw in the concept vehicles prior uh, to show its way up uh, into QX60 and beyond. When are we expecting a QX60 to be unveiled as a, produ a production vehicle? Uh, in the U.S., it'll be next year, and then for the rest of the globe, it'll follow after that. All right. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I'm wondering how you get in because of the lack of door handles, but I'm sure there's a secret code somewhere to get you into the vehicle. Uh, and I also think when I look at it, I'm, I was thinking uh, the way you've designed the side of the vehicle and the hip, I don't know if you've ever had like um, a jug of cream and you've sort of swished it from side to side and it gets those ripples in it. It almost <laughs> looks like ripple of a thicker liquid, like a very viscous liquid. It sort of just bubbles out over the hips that's and over the shoulders. That's pretty good description there, Nick. I know, I told you. Boy, I, 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 can, I can tell you that's a new one. I'm going to have to bring that back inside the company and, and wash that around a little bit to see if that was anything part of the design. But uh, I, think you, I think you hit it right on the, on the head again, though. It, it's just, I, I think what we have done with this vehicle is really, you stated it at the very beginning. It's how do you take a vehicle that's got this sort of size and utility, but still make it elegant, sophisticated, 
Uh, and what we hope to show is muscular and sophisticated at the right. same time. Slap and that's me. exactly what the designers have done here. Perfect. <laughs> I Perfect. would agree. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jeff Pope from uh, in Infinity, the Vice President of the Americas. It's an honor to have you on the so- show, sir. Uh, we need to take a commercial break because I need to go and fill out my application to be part of the Infinity Marketing team. But when we come back, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, brand new vehicles from uh, the Acura Group. Another, they have a prototype. Stand by, hear that guy. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert radio show. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us. Ask a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Well, we uh, like to get deep into brand new vehicles that are prototyped or coming out. So joining us is Karina Gonzalez from Acura Public Relations to talk about their latest offering in the prototype department. Uh, It is the best-selling luxury three-row in America. I, I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, or premium three-row. Am I right about that, Karina? Yes, you certainly are. Okay. Uh, this is the Acura MDX. You have a new prototype version of this. So this is a sort of an idea. Now, I know one thing about Acura. Their prototypes are pretty similar to the production vehicles. There may be a few things that aren't quite legal on the prototypes, so they have to change them to make them legal to put a car on the road of the United States. But it's how they would like it to look. And then they have to do what the government says and make it how they should have it. That this is probably pretty close to what the production is like, and that's sort of a theme that you you run with, isn't it, at Acura? Yes, it is. Usually, typical kind of of both Honda and Acura products is we whatever you see on our production car, it's going to be pretty close of you know a good percentage of what you see on the prototype. You'll end up seeing on the street in a production car. So tell us a little bit about this prototype. Uh, what advances does it get? What significant things does it have? I mean, it, it's quite a, a radical transformation. Yeah, it definitely is. So the MDX has been around for 20 years. This is the fourth generation of it um, that you're going to see. And it's been completely redesigned from the ground up. From a design standpoint, it is going to be have more of an aggressive look. It's still going to, you know, you're going to, it's going to resemble past MDX, current gen, but it'll be lower, wider, have a bit more of an aggressive look. Um, on the inside, it just it takes a huge leap on the interior. Um, you just get a lot more. You get um, the seats, the ELS Studio audio system that is, comes with most of our vehicles. It's going to be a, um, a big advancement forward also. And um, yeah, it just has a, it's just a lot more sophisticated in technology, interior, the way it looks on the outside. It's just a big leap forward. Uh, one of the things that you try to make a big deal about at Acura is, and it comes from the fact that uh, your logo is a, p- a pair of precision calipers, you try very hard to make everything very precision and uh, very very finite, a very engineer's sort of car, but with spirit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. Um, we, you know, the development team works really hard to design it in a way that is really thoughtful um, from the way that it looks on the outside to the way that things look on the inside. It comes with, like it's going to have an individual mode where you can really personalize, personalize it to your liking. Um, the sound system has really been thought out um, from a performance-based level. It, it's going to be fun to drive. It's going to be, you know, what you've come to know about Acura performance. Um, and 
this production car is going to get, um, you know, the performance that it has similar to what we have on our uh, MDX now. But then later on in the spring, we're going to see a Type S version, which is going to be our performance variant for the MDX. I am excited about that because um, I was one of the first owners of a uh, TL Type S uh, or TLS. Um, before it sort of uh, became the norm uh, one of the years back in the early 2000s. And this is something that's really been missing from, from, the, um, from the MDX sort of lineup is the S, is the sporty, is the sort of performance trim, right? Yeah, it is. And it's the first time, you know, the S has just a lot of heritage with it. It's the first time that it's going to be seen on an SUV vehicle. And I think it's just really neat because Acura has been known from its roots, you know, where it's 30 years young, we've been known for the performance of our, you know, NSX from the past, our Integras, just our heritage vehicles. And so now to be able to bring that over to SUV, and recently we've been doing a lot of cool things with performance. You've seen us in races. We've been winning. Um, TLX just came out. We announced Type S. There's just a lot of excitement, and I think to, to be able to bring that to that performance variant in SUV is going to be um just as exciting as well and and just fun to see on the road and for people to get behind the wheel um when, when we talk about these sort of vehicles this is sort of the bread and butter of of acura the suv lineup the rdx and the mdx is where where most of your sales are and so this is probably extremely important for you to get it right uh, because obviously you want to hold on to that position as best-selling premium third row suv in america yeah and that's yeah, get it right is a good way to say it. Um, we've gotten it right for many generations now, but now going into the fourth, um, when MDX was first launched 20 years ago, it was the first three-row SUV. And now, as we know, that segment has just grown and is extremely popular amongst the consumers. And so we've, you know, been very successful with the last three generations. And so we've taken something that's already good and just turned it up a notch and made it even better this fourth gen um so i think that it's gonna i think we're excited to see it out on the street i think that our consumers are going to respond really well to it and it's just it's going to be able to carry that mdx badge um with a lot of pride one of the things that uh, is very difficult to make huge amounts of adjustments to is the exterior because of course a lot of things have to be designed in a wind tunnel now purely because we're trying to get fuel efficiency as much as down as much as possible to get the whole fleet in under the cafe standards but the interior is really where the designers get the freedom to blossom and try new ideas did you do that with this vehicle yeah they did they they took the interior just to a whole new level it's in it you know it has the seats that are going to be on there, um, the leather is has this curvier linear quilting um, for all three rows uh, with high contrast stitching and piping. Um, the materials that you'll feel and see on the inside of the car are going to be real. It's the wood, open pour wood, um, brushed alumina, polished aluminum, um, and then some soft touch Milano leather. Just some really elegant mixes of uh, materials and products and colors that work really, really well. It's going to have a panoramic sunroof above you. Um, they thought about the technology pieces all throughout the car. Um, it's a utility vehicle, so there's a lot of storage that's been thought out and, and implemented into the vehicle so, because we know that you're likely going to be carrying your family with you or um, bags if you're going on a road trip, all of your you know, personal items, things like that. 
I like the idea that uh, also you've sort of up, updated the quality of what's going on inside. As we get further away, and since you designed the last um, Acura MDX, the, the materials have changed. Things that we could do inside a vehicle, so the cost of screens has changed. And so going from, you know, where 7 inches was, woo, 8 inches as well, now it's like if you do anything less than 12 inches, you're kind of, uh, nobody's that interested as far as screen size is concerned. So uh, you've taken full advantage of the cost of materials and the change in materials, but you've also added in um, uh, the same s sound system that Ellie and Shire did for the RDX so presumably the infotainment on the inside of this vehicle is uh, absolutely outstanding what are we talking about uh, I think it's 25 speakers in this is that right it is it's 25 speakers so what we're calling this is a signature edition of the ELS studio premium um, audio system and it's gonna come with more than a thousand watts of power uh, 22 channels and like you said 25 speakers all within your um, your vehicle that's gonna include Six of the ceiling mounted Highline speakers, which are the ones that go above, you know, the, the above you as a driver, your passengers, um, and it just it gives you that immersion and that it suspends the music in the air and gives you that 3D feel. Um, what, where do, I'm just trying to think apart from the ceiling. I mean, you, you've got to have multiple speakers in the doors, and uh, I mean, if I if you've got four doors and one ceiling, I mean, you're going to have, oh, and a dash. I mean, that's like, you're, you're now at six places you can place these speakers. You're you're really having to sort of double up, aren't you? Yeah, we are. So they're going to be, you know, in your A-pillars. They're going to be behind your screen in the front. They're going to be in the back of the subwoofers. Like you said, above you, the doors. They're just going to be all around you. Um, I like the idea as well that uh, you guys have uh, sort of this carbon fiber comb-shaped mid-range subwoofer, mid-range woofers in there, because a lot of times people can put, you know, 100 speakers in a vehicle, but if you don't put the right kind of speakers, the sound is kind of meh, meh, meh. And of course, if Elliot's involved in this, uh, it's probably going to, uh, it's going to have an incredible sound as well. Have you had a chance to hear it? Uh, I personally haven't quite yet, um, but I'm hoping to soon. But you're right, with Elliot uh, being making sure that everything is fine-tuned the way that it is, he he does exactly that. With the subwoofers, we want to make sure that we don't get the rattle or the distortion that happens. Um, basically, you want to be able to he make sure that the music is sounds the way that it's intended to in a studio, so that if you turn your music up and you're on a road trip and you want to you know, listen to it as loud as possible and sing along at the top of your lungs, uh, you'll be able to, and you're not going to get a rattle or any distortion that distracts from the music. I can't wait to see Jen sing Nine Inch Nails in this car. She will be all over <laughs> Nine Inch right? Nails? Yeah, well, you're head thrashing your head. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that what you think I listen to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know, I know you do, because every time I get into a car, lithium's always on from Cirrus. So, or? Or what? Well, I change it actually to you do? that. Yeah. Are you softening up in your old age? No, I'm a no, I'm a rap. I like the rap music. You do? Yes. Oh. You didn't hear me in the Rolls Royce blaring that. Out. No, I'm a little worried now. You have a 28 28 year old son, and you're a, you're a, a mom rapper. That's right. All right. I've got, well, wait, when we get the MDX into the fleet, we'll uh, we'll make sure and s have you do your mom rap inside. There you go. Uh, when are we looking for a production version of this and uh, going on sale? Yeah, so we'll see production um, and it being sold at dealership um, early in the new year, so early 2021, um, and and then the Type S will come uh, later in the spring summer timing. 
I'm excited. I have to tell you, um, I'm looking forward to it. We've uh, we've had Acuras in my family, and this might be another addition to the family. Uh, Karina from uh, Acura Public Relations, thank you for telling us about the new MDX. It's exciting to see America's best-selling third-row premium SUV come up with a new version. Stand by. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Just uh, all you have to do is say to your smart speaker, can you be my radio friend or will you play our auto expert? And I'm sure your smart speaker will uh, will do that for you. You can say, hey, Google, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa, uh, please shush, shush, go away from, stop, no, stop, 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 <laughs> stop, stop doing it right now. Stop. Well, you can do impression of a toaster. Uh, that, that's, that's pretty my, impressive. That's my phone doing an impression yeah. of a toaster. Uh, you just say, uh, play all the previous episodes of our Auto Expert podcast, and they are available online. Hours of endless fun for you and the entire family. I'm Nick Miles. I'm your host, and our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert and ourautoexpert.com. Um, I have been waiting to drive this vehicle. I think I went on the very first. Um, well, one of the very first launches in the U.S. of the Land Cruiser, uh, way back when I started working in auto journalism, and now there is some special edition Land Cruiser. I'm thinking they're going to probably remodel the Toyota Land Cruiser over the next few years. It's got to be a super incredible vehicle, but it's also a super incredible price. I think they start in the 90s. Um, $90,000 range, but they are just the off-road vehicle of choice for many people. The 200 Series Land Cruiser Heritage Edition, it makes uh, it makes hill climbs look like just slicing a knife through butter. It's the three-row optional uh, Heritage Edition. Um, it's new exterior colors. Option It introduces those gold wheels. Uh, the Land Cruiser pricing is announcing announced with key features recently. It's sort of the classic of all uh, off-road SUVs. And it comes with this great big wire roof rack on the top, which I'm jonesing to put somebody on when we drive, but that would be completely unsafe. Oh, let me guess. Are you volunteer? Are you, you looking at me? Well, you yeah. need someone that's light and, and can climb up onto the roof. Sure. We can make Unsafe, not going to happen, Jen. <laughs> uh, it's called Values of Reliability for the Land Cruiser. It's... Uh, probably a leadership in those off-road brands and so capable. I mean, you just get in it and you hear the roar of that big V8 engine. The Heritage Edition honors its legendary vehicle contributions to the evolution uh, with a full suite of features which uh, really come with the initial 2020 model launch year, including uh, two-row seating offering offering that allows more cargo capacity for the 2021 version, a three-row seating uh, option. I like the idea of having three rows, but I prefer it when the third row folds flat into the floor. Stow-and-go? Yeah, I mean, stow-and-go is a really a Chrysler term oh, that they like sorry. to use. But uh, it's when you can stow that third row away and, and have it hide. I'm... I'm which brings us, I guess, to the Toyota, to the Toyota, to the Chrysler Pacifica uh, hybrid, which I have been driving this week. Accidentally got two of them delivered to my house, and Jen and I probably have should do some dueling hot laps in it there or something. There you go. Um, <laughs> it, it of course is the only hybrid vehicle, a hybrid minivan available right now in the United States. Uh, it has a seventy-five hundred dollar tax credit. Um, one of the things I love about hybrids and plug-in hybrids where you can operate them on electricity alone and most people don't realize this and it always makes me smile 
is when you put your foot down at a light, it goes really fast because it has that electric motor that pushes you off at the beginning where everyone else's gas motor is like... The electric one's like... You know I mean, you're you're gone. And so I like to sit at a light and everyone goes, oh, there's a Chrysler Pacific of any man. It's not going to beat me away from the light. I'm like, see ya. You know, if you had one of these, I bet you'd have flames like down the side or something crazy. You know me so well. I, uh, I would need leather or, cloth, leather or pl uh, pleather seats, though. You would want leather. Footprints. Mm -hmm. Puppy footprints. Yeah. Um, it's interesting enough when uh, when Chrysler said, hey, we, we'd like to send you this Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivan. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, go ahead, send it on. I said, but are you okay if I put my dogs in it? And they went, yeah, okay. Uh -huh. It's you. <laughs> it's yeah. you. I mean, they are my family. They are my family. Uh, the actual Chrysler Pacifica is undergoing some great offers right now. Uh, the family pricing for all is starts at 31609 for the regular version. And that's up to $4,000 cash allowance on the vehicle. Not including um, the credits. Not including the tax credits. And then if you go into the hybrid version, you see it. I think it's under $40,000 starting price mm -hmm. for a plug-in hybrid vehicle, which I think is amazing. Um, I think one of the things about plug-in hybrid is I could probably get through most of my day's trips without using any gas whatsoever, which makes me a lot happier. Um, and of course, then the op the opportunity occurs where you are also getting the uh, the opportunity to get the re the uh, S line version of this vehicle, which is the one with the sexy black wheels. Um, it which makes me very happy because when I see sexy black wheels in these vehicles, I think it doesn't. It makes me feel better about driving a minivan. I think there's a lot of stigma in driving a minivan. Mm -hmm. um, and Depends upon what your generation is too. I think. Well, wait a second, Jen. Mm -hmm. Would you drive a minivan? Mm -mm. No. Did you see the S line with the black wheels? Yeah, I saw it. Is it sexier than the regular one? Yes. It is. It, it's, uh, yes. I think it gives the dads a little more uh, oomph. <laughs> and in your case, the moms, too. Right? Yeah. I Like I said, I'm not really a big minivan person. But like I said, I think that's because that was my generation of the soccer moms, you know. When I tell you uh -huh. that you can get uh, $7,407 below MSRP plus $1,000 retail bonus cash and the federal tax credit of $7,500. And what is it, 82 miles per gallon? Yeah, something like yeah. that. 82 miles a gallon. Um, fuel economy is absolutely outstanding. That's, I think that's MPGE, yeah. the MPG equivalent. Yeah. So what ends up happening is with the tax credits, with the MPG, I mean, you can all even go to the website and work out how much it will save you on driving the vehicle. And I think it's fantastic for families. But I know. for and me personally. I don't feel so bad about driving a vehicle uh, when it's sort of all blacked out like this is, right. the, with the S, the S trim line. It makes me feel a lot more Batman-ish. If Batman, drive. wait a second. If Batman was going to drive a minivan, it would be a Chrysler Pacifica S. That's true. It would. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can just tell you right now. And then there's a red S. There's a red S edition as well, which has red features. And they only come in like brilliant black, uh, maximum steel metallic. It comes in uh, in granite. Uh, I think there's a gray in there. There's two grays in there. One's billet silver. One's gray, and then white. So they only come in cool like dad colors. Dad colors. 
<laughs> okay. You were the one that went there with the dad thing. Well, yeah. I mean, never uh, mind. I, I, I like I, the panoramic roof. Yeah, well, when you have when you have five dogs and you can put the uh, it, it has hybrid and stow and go seating. Right. When you have that, you can put the stow and go seating in, down in the back. That to me is uh, perfect for. Oh, you can put a mattress in the back and Wait, you is, sleep in the back. Does this the one has the the plug in and the little vacuum? It has a, uh, I think there's an option of a vacuum in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plug-in for your margaritas, for your glamping. <laughs> Did you just say margaritas? Yeah, for your glamping. All Jen wants to know is she doesn't really care. Does it have a plug-in for my margarita machine? <laughs> As Score. You, I'm, running some, I'm running some errands, but the margarita machine is still going to be running in the That's back. That's right. <laughs> right, sometimes. right. Mike, what the hell's next? Stand by. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest and the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If that's a problem, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Uh, have you ever been a bike girl? I, I admire bikes. That's it? Yeah. You never got your leg over? Oh, I've driven one. I, I told you this. I drove it into a fence. And a tree. You did? Yeah, and a tree, this. and then I, I was good. Is this a story we told on the air? Yeah. We did? See. For those people that missed it, let's go. No. Let's hear the story. No, it's okay. You rode a bike into a fence and a tree. Yeah, I don't like to lean, so the turn, the lean thing scares <laughs> me, so to turn, I kind of got scared and just went straight. So I like right. four wheels things. Are you a bit more scared of going straight now? In <laughs> <Well, laughs> a motorcycle, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> So uh, I'm you know a, you don't actually lean. Okay. You don't. Well, I'll just show the principle of motorcycle riding for the front tire. Mm-hmm. The direction you want to turn, mm-hmm. you actually push down on that side. And what it does is it tilts the wheel over slightly. Yeah. Now, you know a tire runs right on the center. Right. And the tire is rounded. Yes. If you get onto the slimmer part of the tire, uh-huh. it becomes smaller and you go that direction. Right, exactly. But you don't lean. I don't care. It freaks Unless me out. you're in like, a, you know, an Isle of Man TT race where you need to lean over and have your knees scrape the ground. No, I'm good. I rode quads. I had a 450 and a 250. And so What I happened was, to my adventurous co-host? That is adventurous. I had to sell it because it um, gives a whole new meaning of flipping a person over. <laughs> flipping a person over. Yeah, you'll get it later. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a little scared of you right now. Oh, but the faster the better. All right. Right, Mike? Uh, Mike, the faster the better. Is that true? You know, first off, don't don't talk about motorcycles for three minutes and then bring me into the cycle. <laughs> like, what, what, what's wrong? I'm sitting here going, no, Nick, you're wrong. What are you talking about? You're, you got, so, so motorcycling, 101. Your eyes dictate where you go. Doesn't matter whether you're on dirt or on the street. Your wait, eyes. Are you? Wait, wait. You you, I'm including Jen in this conversation. Her, clearly, her eyes don't dictate where she goes. Oh, well, she was looking. If she was looking at a tree, she's gonna run into. A <laughs> I don't know if she was so much it's looking at a simple. tree. She was looking at where she had to go and decided that she didn't want to go there and hit the tree. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so I was thinking about this, you guys. So Nick and I were on the phone earlier this week, and I and I was I was almost complaining. I'm like, 
well, why did you get to go up to Lake Tahoe and drive the TRX? And then why, why are you getting to drive the Aston Martin? And, like, why, and, and then all of a sudden, like, I got on this morning, and 30 seconds before going on air with you guys, I'm like, you know what? Three weeks ago, I was at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. Last week, I was in Destin, Florida. And today, I'm in Alpharetta, Georgia at the Motorcycle Safety Foundation Dirt Bike School, watching my two kids and my wife learn how to ride dirt bikes for the first time. Like, why am I complaining? So, yeah, exactly. I'm the Stop one it. who should complain. You guys got the cool jobs. <laughs> yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah. That was a bus chuck. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> hey, guess, Jen, Jen, guess what Mike and I are doing and you're not? Oh, I know. I hear this every week. <laughs> Guess what I get to do this next week? Yeah. Good for you. Um, Mike, <laughs> if you don't know, Mike Quadell is the other half of our auto expert, and uh, he does. he's more of the adventurous type. I know somewhat of the adventurous type. Um, sometimes he is adventurous type. Sometimes he isn't the more adventurous type. Uh, why did you decide to send your kids and your wife onto a dirt bike school? Perfect. Right. So, so if you guys think about it, you know, I love motorcycles. I've been talking about motorcycles for years. You know, traveling to the International Motorcycle Show tours is kind of a spokesperson. Motorcycle, motorcycle, motorcycle. And most of what I've been doing has been on the street. And where we live now in Tennessee, you know, you have this incredible off-road opportunity. Not that you didn't in the dirt bike capital of the world in California, but I want my kids to get comfortable riding on dirt bikes. So being here... In Alpharetta, we have this opportunity uh, to bring the kids over for a nice little day uh, out on the bike. So it's 150 bucks for the kids to throw a leg over a dirt bike. Where it's, it's all Hondas, so Honda's kind of the presenting partner with this. And uh, they fit you for the bike. They give you the gear that you want. Uh, that all says Honda. You, I mean, they're all decked out in moto gear. That's, so that's affordable. Really cool. It's affordable, right? So you think about coronavirus, people wanting to get out. Uh, and you guys can hear the dirt bikes in the background. The best part about it is you can spend a day here on the dirt on a private course and get the gear, get all this fun stuff, helmets, gloves, and it's 150 bucks. So it's, it's easy. And it's put on by the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, which if you don't know who the Motorcycle Safety Foundation is, they're kind of like part of the governing body of how people get into motorcycling. So if you want to get your street license, you're going to get your street license through the Motorcycle Safety Foundation. So they put on 25 different types of courses, and they're all throughout the, the, the country. The dirt bike schools are usually in major metropolitan areas, so California, L.A. area, here in Alpharetta, Georgia, bigger metropolitan areas. But then they have the regular Motorcycle Safety Foundation where you get your street license. So for me, being a street guy, I wanted to introduce the kids uh, and some family friends to, uh, to dirt bikes. By the way, by the way, uh, just a little side note for you, Nick. So the, the friends that came, uh, you, you've met Brian with uh, the Curiosity Lab at Peachtree Corners. So yep. their family's out here today. They've got kids the same age as ours. So you've got a group of eight out here learning how to ride dirt bikes. It's pretty awesome. Uh, this ultimately could become an extremely expensive problem for you because <laughs> if your wife and kids like it a lot, uh, there you go. Three new motorcycles and gear. It's already worse than that. My son made it clear before we got here that he's going to want a bike. Uh, Eli, Brian's son, he's already jonesing for a bike. And then my daughter had, she had a little bit of a rough morning, but then she got past that rough morning and then whispered right before lunch, she goes, Dad, I want a motorcycle too. So, yeah. Wait, what is it? Nick and Jen are on. Say, say something. What do you want? What kind of bike? Say it. Tell me what kind of bike you want. You don't know? Well, I'm live on the radio, sweetie. <laughs> No. Oh, yo, you want to tell me now? Okay, tell me. Tell me. Dirt bike? Oh, she wants a cup of tea, Nick. Oh, she wants a cup of tea. 
could you tell um, Megan that Uncle Nick wants to buy a dirt bike for Christmas too, please? Yeah, I, Uncle Nick wants a dirt bike for Christmas. So, yeah, it's a good day, man. Three weeks in a row. And, um, you know, we go from Destin. We go to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Now we're here in Alpharetta. Uh, if you want to learn more, there's two different places to go. So you would go to dirtbikeschools.org for this course. Or you could go to msf-usa.org, and you can learn about all the, the variety of types of uh, rider courses that they put on. Um, Mike and I came up with an evil plan, Jen. Uh-oh. We, uh, <laughs> we found out how to uh, get our uh, significant other's uh, birth, uh, imagine, ama- amazing Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. I was going to buy uh, Mike's wife the car that she wanted, and then uh, Mike is going to buy my spouse the car that they wanted. And so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that looks so great. But now it sounds like, you know, dirt bikes might be more in are the you going? Are you going all orange? In what? In dirt bikes? Dirt bikes. Oh. You got an old orange bike? Jen wants to know. No. no. Oh, really? Red, white, and blue, baby. Red, white, and blue. Honda. Red, white, and blue. Oh, oh. okay. It's, it's interesting at this point, Mike. How many motorcycles do you currently own? Two. You know you're one behind me, right? Yeah. I've, I've got two, and I'm, I've got to get – well, I've got two little mini electrics. I've got an Irby. So I've got about five motorized, motorized bikes on two wheels, but I have two major motorcycles, right. Multistrada and a Harley. All right, I have a Triumph and two Hondas. Just saying, time for you to step up to the hey. game, Mister. You're the motorcycle uh, guy. Get, just give me a week. I got right. two trucks. <laughs> I'll give you a week. <laughs> I'll give you a week. Give me a week. Uh, Facebook Marketplace, baby. Just go to the marketplace. Oh, you know what? I like that. Bing. Delivered to your doorstep in a day. I'm really. I'm a little worried now. At this point, is too that uh, that Mike's wife is going to be calling me, going, "What have you done? What have you forced him to do?" It's yeah. even worse than that. You ready for this? It's even worse than that. So uh, I mentioned to my son BMW Test Fest in January. I said, Nick and I are going to be going to BMW Test Fest in January. It's out in California. They bring every product in. He said, well, can I, can I go? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Christmas break? Well, maybe you can. Yeah, he, oh. he, he would probably be extremely happy yeah. to do that, too. Plus, there, um, he I, I heard a rumor today that uh, a test fest where they have all the BMWs that they're testing, they're going to be doing an electric mini motocross. Oh, yeah, That's autocross. Cute. Sorry, autocross. I guess it would be That's yeah, electric cute. mini autocross. Yeah. Uh, that, my friend, will be probably the most amazing thing that I've done all year because I would be super excited about that. That would be absolutely, unbelievably amazing too. Uh, Mike, what do you get at the end of this course? Uh, high five. <laughs> high five. You don't get some sort of certificate saying you're proficient. To, to no. Wait. What you get? What you get is the confidence of knowing that you've been riding on the dirt. You're going to learn safety, which is paramount motorcycling. You and I really talk a lot about safety. It's so important to be safe on motorcycles. And uh, you get a great experience, right? I'm spending the full day with my kids on on dirt bikes. It's pretty awesome. So you're buying experience Memory. and training and and that sort of thing. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. all of it, man. It's what right. it's all about. Good. Um, it won't be long before Tyler's going to be asking for his uh, to do the course so he can get his street license on a bike. Would you let him ride a bike on the street? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if he has, I mean, it's all about just having consciousness, right? Like he's just got to be conscious. That's all. All right. Pay well. attention, safety. Don't hot dog. Think. Just know that you can't be seen, and and you'll be okay. And eyes dictate where you go. Eyes dictate where you go. I'm making notes of all these things just in case. I'm just ultimately making where you go. All right. Uh, Tell us again where we can find out more about this motorcycle course. Yeah. So you can go to 
dirtbikeschools.org, or you go to msf-usa.org. You can learn everything you want about these courses. Uh, Huge thanks to Honda for letting us come out here today and play around on their dirt bikes. Absolutely awesome. And if you want to see more of Mike Cordell's stuff, you can, of course, go to our website, ourautoexpert.com. There at the website, you'll be able to read all the uh, internal, external uh, news about uh, motorcycles, about cars, and you'll see some of Mike's videos. He has a great off-road BMW course that he did online there, and he has the whole news package for that. Plus, we have all the latest car reviews, um, and you can check out that uh, type F-Type that I just drove in California, and, of course, the Land Rover Defender, the brand new Defender, which we've been waiting since 1996 to come back to the United States. It's finally here. I got to drive it in deserts of California and put it through its paces. I have to tell you, every time I drive one of these vehicles, I want one. I have to sort of give it a week's breathing room and then, you know, then I don't order it. I'm very fickle. All right, more to come. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Well, it's been a rough year for car sales. We've seen ups and downs, a lot of downs since the COVID-19 pandemic went into full swing at the beginning of the year. And one of the things that it affected much more than others is car sales. Initially, we were projected to have around 17 million car sales in the United States for 2020. That number was seriously adjusted after the beginning of the pandemic. But to tell us where we stand right now, is Tyson Jomini. He is the Vice President of Data and Analytics at J.D. Power & Associates. So, Tyson, uh, we're talking about the number, the latest numbers that you have. It looks like recovery is beginning to happen overall in the U.S. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Nick, and thanks, Jen. Uh, once again, uh, excited to be here. Uh, September was, was a great month, Nick. Uh, it was our first positive retail sales growth month in Six months. I mean, going all the way back to pre-coronavirus, but things are looking fantastic right now. So uh, we saw a huge dip of uh, uh, in in March and April and May, uh, smaller dips in June, July, and August. But we're in the green again this year. But we've got a lot of catching up to do, don't we? To uh, to end the year off in a positive stance. Yeah, I mean, we're still off 14% on a year-to-date basis. So we kind of lost those two months in particular, uh, March and April, as you mentioned. It's really hard to get those back uh, all at once, but we at least recorded a positive month. Uh, it's chipping away at the deficit, but we are still down you know, 14%, which is not an insignificant number by any means. Now, transaction prices set a record high at about $36,000 a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Um, consumers are paying so much more for cars this year. Prices continue to be up about 6% year over year, and they hit $36,000 on average for the first time ever in September. Are we able to dissect why they're up? Is it uh, just driving the demand, the shortness of the vehicles, or the, sh- the shortness of stock available on dealer lots? Uh, or is it people are buying vehicles that are just generally more expensive? It's a little bit from all the columns. It's actually people are buying more expensive cars, and and, uh, certainly the number of trucks and SUVs sold also set an all-time record at 78% in the month. But in addition to that, as you mentioned, 
They're buying more expensive cars. They're buying more expensive trucks. They're getting more features and, and options in their vehicles. Um, and at the same time, though, dealers don't have a lot of inventory, so there's a lot less dealing, and that's pushing up prices as well, as you mentioned. Uh, what are people gravitating towards? Uh, obviously, we're thinking that people are going to be buying minivans, uh, SUVs, and trucks, and less of the sedan. Is that what you're seeing in the numbers? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, you know, from a, uh, a year-to-date basis, anything that's a pickup truck is and continues to do amazing in the market. Uh, so on a year-to-date basis, you know, pickup trucks just continue to, to do well. SUVs right behind it. You know, you mentioned minivans. Nick, I love minivans. Minivans just aren't selling this year. Um, you know, minivans are, are down almost more than any car segment. They're, they've been off over 40%. And it breaks my heart because I love them. They're, they're such great, versatile wow. vehicles. I, maybe this is why I'm watching such huge discounts on minivans now. Yeah. You're, you're sort of seeing at least four or five, maybe six or seven thousand dollars off, and a cash allowance being offered. Uh, uh, you know, if you buy a, a plug-in hybrid or something like that at the Chrysler Pacifica, you're seeing uh, huge discounts uh, at the dealer lot. A vehicle that would have cost you forty thousand dollars, if you add in tax credits, you can get a serious amount of money off them. It's it almost given them away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would think with, with the amount of driving that we're doing for summer trips, you know, we've all kind of passed up on flying anywhere for our summer vacations that minivans would have been doing very well. Uh, and, and they probably would have, except the discounts on, on crossovers and three-row vehicles, uh, which are the really number one competitor to minivans, they were so high that they kind of took away all the thunder from minivans. Now, incentive spending is interesting because as things get tight, uh, automakers start to put more money on the hood of vehicles to try and entice those buyers to come in and buy them. So how does incentive spending look uh, a month to month this year? Yeah, we, we really don't need very many incentives now because we don't have very many cars to sell. So we are seeing incentives uh, falling you know, below $4,000 per unit for the first time now in in a little bit over a year, I mean, about 16 months. So incentives are, are coming down because automakers just don't have to entice consumers the way that, that they normally would. Um, because the inventory is so tight, um, they are saving a bit on incentives right now. So who are the big winners and losers when it comes to uh, models of cars? Uh, what, what are the hottest? We know trucks are, are right at the top there. Uh, are they the biggest margin of increase? Uh, yeah, so... But when we talk about increase, though, um, you know, on a year-to-date basis, no, no segment is up. However, uh, the large pickup trucks, F-150s and Silverados, are almost flat on a year-over-year or on a year-to-date basis, which, you know, as we mentioned, the industry is off 14%. So pickup trucks are, are doing fantastic. But when you get into, um, you know, individual results for the month, uh, we did see that in September, a lot of mid-size SUVs, three-row crossovers were moved, and that was the biggest moving segment uh, in September was, was the three-row crossover. And so when we get uh, into the end of the year, I mean, I'm predicting this will probably be one of the best end of years to buy a vehicle because uh, those vehicles that aren't shifting well, like minivans, uh, car companies are going to put a huge amount of money on the hoods of those vehicles to try and bolster their sales numbers before the end of the year. Do you see this as being a really great last quarter to buy a new vehicle? Uh, it, it's going to be a good quarter, but inventory remains very tight across, across almost everyone. Uh, in particular, some of these segments we've been talking about that are selling really well means that inventory probably isn't available on, on some of the, the biggest, most uh, desirable segments. However, I'll mention one. Uh, compact SUV, 
which is where you find vehicles like the Ford Escape and the Chevy Equinox and the Honda CRV. That segment is, is down a little bit worse than average for year to date. So there's quite a bit of, of inventory in that space. So if consumers are out there looking for a great deal, uh, really look at that compact SUV space because you may find, uh, find some things there that are pretty interesting for you. All right, Tyson, it's always great to have you on. Tyson Jomini is the Vice President of Data and Analytics for J.D. Parent and Associates, and he joins us on a regular basis to update us on how the market is doing. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how Tesla is doing, and they've dropped their prices. We're going to find out on what and whether you can take benefit or how you find out more about that. Plus, we'll get to talk to Perry Stern. Uh, he's been camping out in the wild, or looking at camping anyway. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. We'll ask us a car question with just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. And OurAutoExpert.com is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Just direct messages right now, a message. Or you can do it to me personally. I'll, I'll tell you what my personal is. It's Nick, N-I-K-J-M-I-L-E-S. And uh, send us a message, and we can always ask the experts if you want to do that on all of the social media platforms. You can just get in touch with us that way. Joining us every week, as he does, is Anton Woolman. He's an independent investor and analyst. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. Uh, Anton, it looks like Tesla dropping their prices uh, in uh, Norway and in U.S. and China, uh, why are they doing this? Well, that's the big question, Nick, because usually in the automotive industry, the way it works is that if you have a favorable supply-demand situation, in other words, that demand is strong relative to supply, then, uh, as you know, dealers in particular have had a penchant for wanting to add a few dollars to the price not to discount them. And when the dealers have little demand for the vehicles, then the manufacturers often step in and lower the price effectively by offering various rebates and other incentives that flow through the dealer body. And in this case, Tesla, of course, owns their own dealers to have their own integrated sales and distribution network. And uh, you would think that if demand was strong at the prevailing price level that they would certainly not cut their prices and if anything they would increase them but uh, alas as has happened here recently they've lowered the price of the model 3 in norway they've lowered the price of the tesla model s x and y in the united states recently and they've also been lowering the prices multiple times in the last couple of months in china for the model 3. Now, this actually creates a little bit of a niggling annoyance for those people that paid the higher price for these vehicles, right? Yeah, that is uh, typically something that uh, creates a lot of friction, that if you just purchase something and then uh, you turn around and after the uh, grief period here of three days or seven days or whatever it may be, uh, where you have a, uh, the legal right to return the vehicle, uh, then uh, basically you uh, see that the next guy shows up and he gets a lower price and maybe some more extra standard equipment on top of everything as well. 
I, I know that a friend of mine in Washington, D.C. that bought uh, a brand new Tesla Model 3 and uh, his Tesla in a, in a second-hand situation a year later was actually still valued at being higher than you could buy a new one for. And he obviously isn't going to get that sort of price, so a little bit frustrating. Uh, Tesla only delivered 11,600 cars in China in September. How off the mark is that? Well, so the idea here is that Tesla was going to grow from its initial plateau of about 150,000 cars that it can produce from its factory in China that is in the process of being expanded, effectively doubled, to uh, be able to sell 300,000 cars. But at 11,600 per month, that's not even a full 150,000. So uh, China right now is not looking to be absorbing all the units that it is producing locally. And that really brings us to the next level of the equation, Nick, which is to say, what is Tesla going to do with all of these excess vehicles that it is producing in China but cannot sell to the local Chinese population? Now, uh, exporting from China is obviously quite a challenge because not every country accepts those exports. And if they do accept them, they're sometimes involving tariffs. So does it work out that uh, Tesla is actually going to uh, lose money because it's going to have to pay tariffs just to sell them for the same price as they produce the vehicles outside the country? And, and what is the legal standing of them being able to unload those on the rest of the world? Actually, Nick, they are not going to uh, lose money in that equation relative to their current situation anyway, because look at Europe, for example. You can roughly divide the world between Asia, the Americas, and Europe in terms of the market for electric vehicles. And today, of course, as it stands right now, Tesla does not have yet a factory in Europe. They're in the process of constructing one, but they don't really have one. And all of the vehicles that are sold in Europe by Tesla are built in California to date. Now, what is going to happen here, apparently, is that Tesla is going to start shipping the cars from China instead to Europe. And by doing so, there really isn't much impact on the tariff side. And in the terms of the cost of the production, uh, Tesla's cost of production is obviously lower in China than it is in California. So clearly, on balance, that is going to be a bit favorable to Tesla to make them in China as opposed to making them in California. Keep in mind that there are electric cars that are already made in China by other brands that are sold in Europe. MG, that old storied British mark that you are very familiar with, Nick, yep. uh, is owned by a Chinese company these days. And if you look at the sales charge in several of the European countries, such as the Netherlands, Norway, and a few other places, you'll see that uh, MG is basically in the top five. So that's already being produced in China and sold into several markets in Europe very successfully. Now, we also know that uh, that Fremont factory was probably going to, uh, at least uh, some of the production shifted into uh, the southeast or into Texas or Oklahoma in the future. It looks like Austin is going to be the new home. Uh, it, it was the factory doomed anyway uh, in Fremont, California, uh, or is this just sort of speeded up uh, the fact that uh, they can make a move to, to Austin and uh, rely on China to fill the gaps in Europe? Well, this is a big question, Nick, because not only is the factory in Fremont, California, threatened by this new Chinese production that is going to divert the demand away from being supplied from California, but 
Of course, Tesla is in the process of building two other factories, one in Germany, a little bit outside of Berlin, and the other one just outside of the uh, Austin, uh, Texas airport. So uh, if, if they're already going to have problems in terms of uh, being able to fill up that factory in California because of the Chinese one, imagine adding the insult and in injury by adding two more factories. So I predict that we could have a situation as little as uh, uh, the beginning of 2022, just over a year from now, when um, they may be in a position to actually close down that factory in California and say, hey, forget about it. Uh, the factory in Texas is better in every which way, uh, as are the factories in both uh, China and Germany. And uh, we don't need to make cars in uh, very expensive California anymore. Uh, does it look like it's going to be a huge impact to Fremont, uh, losing those jobs, or are there that many people employed at the factory? Well, I mean, they have, uh, I forget the exact number now, but on, in the ballpark of 10,000 people there, that is sort of significant by itself. Of course, for a large state like California with almost 40 million people, it's not uh, the biggest uh, mover and shaker per se. And, of course, many of the suppliers are not based in California. But as a matter, as a, as a matter of symbolism, uh, and, and what that means in terms of just saying, look, we're you know, the one auto factory of any meaningful size that's still left in California, if that were to uh, be shut down in favor of these new other factories, uh, that would mark a pretty big milestone, Nick. Uh, let's talk about uh, early European October EV sales data. Uh, how is that looking for those companies that sell in Europe? Well, so early on, uh, when it comes to EVs in Europe, keep in mind that in the early part of the quarter, typically Tesla, of course, has shipped very, very few cars early on in the quarter. They've back-end loaded them, so they all show up in the final month of the quarter. But be that as it may, uh, right now the Volkswagen ID3 is the undisputed new king of electric vehicle sales in Europe. It dominates the sales charge in almost every country by a very wide margin. They're easily, I mean, just, again, Tesla is artificially low a little bit in the beginning of the quarter, but uh, the numbers that I've seen so far uh, from the daily sales reports tell me that there are at least 20 times more Volkswagen ID3 sold in Europe right now than there are uh, Teslas. So that's a pretty big difference in terms of Volkswagen catching up here and is probably going to end the calendar year being the undisputed king of electric cars in Europe. How do we look for electric uh, car sales so far in the United States? Uh, we have several vehicles on sale here that uh, are coming from Europe. It looks like we're going to have several more in the next year or so. Is it still uh, fairly healthy, the sales here in the United States for electric cars, or are we on a downturn? Well, we have been on a downturn this year, primarily because Tesla is so dominant in the United States. And Tesla, of course, has had a tough year in the United States with the Model 3 being on decline and uh, the Model Y not quite making up the slack. Of course, the old models, the S and the X, are, are, are numerically insignificant at this point. So with the other automakers only coming online here at the near the very end of 2020, so far, 2020 is simply not going to be a banner year in the United States for EVs. However, when we look into 2021, uh, we should be looking at a huge growth year driven by numerous players from 
the Ford uh, Mustang Mach-E to the Volkswagen ID4, eventually in the back half of the year, the Nissan Aria. And there's a long list of them. Of course, the Volvo XC40 Recharge, the Pulsar 2, which already just started deliveries now, which is one of the early ones in this new wave of electric vehicles. And the list goes on and on from there. I'll be looking forward to seeing some of the new vehicles that uh, are coming from what we would initially call startup companies, although they've been around for several years like now, like Lucid and Rivian. And I know that Rivian had a truck in the Rebel Rally uh, this last week. We'll have to see how that did, and it's a good promotion for them to get those uh, selling. Anton Wallman is an independent investor and analyst. You can read a majority of his stuff at Seeking Alpha or The Street, and he is probably the most intelligent person in any of the uh, automotive space where it comes to electrics and autonomous driving and we're very proud to have him on the show of course as soon as uh, news comes out of those new vehicles and they start to hit the united states uh, sales so you can go out and then test drive them we'll have all the latest information for you and of course as soon as new models are announced uh, car companies of course constantly announcing new uh, hybrids plug-in hybrids and electric vehicles that they intend to bring to the united states you don't have to hold your breath you just have to listen to our auto expert because we'll be the first to tell you. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri. Uh, play Our Auto Expert radio show. And all the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. If you're in planning a vacation this year and you're not quite sure how you're going to do it, since flying seems to be off the table for many Americans, Perry Stern has an idea for you, a little test he went on to look at maybe what I would call an RV in a box. If you're not familiar with Perry Stern, of course, you can read all of his articles at OurAutoExpert.com or MSNAutos.com and AutoNext. Perry, is this a viable way to vacate this summer season or this fall season, I guess? It is for certain people. Uh, this This is taking roughing it and making it a little less rough. All but right. for some people that are looking for you know, ultra-luxury, this is not for you. Uh, but, but basically what it is is you have a pickup truck, you know, which pickup trucks today can get pretty much anywhere. I mean, they've got great capability. They're comfortable, capable inside. This thing fits into the bed of a pickup truck, and uh, camper box. Yeah, so sort of explain it, because I'm looking at pictures of it, and it seems to be sort of a a box with a tent. Uh, How does it work? So the basic setup is, uh, you could say it's the ultimate kitchen drawer. Uh, So it's a drawer setup, you know, that fits into the bed of the truck. It's got a flat top so that, uh, you know, if you look inside, you don't even actually see that there's anything there if if the pickup truck bed is closed. But the drawer pulls out, and in the drawer, or... Built into the drawer is a sink, uh, a stove, two-burner stove. Uh, it's got a refrigerator. The car has, it's, uh, has a battery pack. It's, uh, so basically, you can live off the grid. It's got fresh water. Uh, it's got another drawer for storage. Uh, you can cook. You can use the water. You've got a refrigerator. You can actually plug things in. You can you know, make margaritas. You can plug your blender in. Uh, you can even make the uh, cooler closed, you know, freeze, you know, basically get cold enough to freeze. Uh, So it's everything you could possibly need 
in a box. Uh, just just provide food and everything else is uh, ready to go. Food and water, I guess, and everything is ready to go. Add food and water, I guess. Well, that would be the right way to put exactly. it. Exactly. Add food and water. And then, of course, you can <laughs> you can also add the tents, which is an extra option. Uh, goes on top, and uh, they have a number of different tents available. They can sleep up to five or six people. Uh, they're up off the ground, so it's comfortable. And they showed us, you know, you can basically drive out into the middle of nowhere, park, and in five minutes you've got camp set up. Um, does the tent take five dogs? Uh, yes, actually, it probably does. Uh, the gentleman that was showing it to me has two dogs that he takes with him. So I'm sure that uh, you you and all of your dogs could go camping. No, I, do, I do see the slight downside is I'd probably have to lift them up over the ladder and then if they wanted to go out to the bathroom in the middle of the night, that means climbing down the ladder and lifting a dog down. <laughs> but there is that, possib- that is a problem, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting way of, of uh, basically bringing the things that you really want when you're roughing it, a kitchen, running water, uh, and a stove. You know, there's even a solar charger that you know, if you have a day of sunshine, it'll actually fill the battery and it's very seldom, unless you're running a lot of blenders and hair dryers, uh, that you would use the battery up in you know more than three or four days. Unless you're Jan with blenders and hair dryers. Blenders and hair dryers. <laughs> yeah. Just a blender. I think that's what you got to yeah. worry about. What about a margarita machine, Jen? Perfect. Yeah, she'd be happy. She'd I mean, be happy yeah. for a vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing uh, a bottle what, of Dory with me. <laughs> what, what sort of price are we talking for the the drawer itself, and then for the tent? So for the top of the line one that has the larger battery and the extra space and the fridge and everything else, it's about thirteen grand. Uh, the tent adds another fourteen hundred dollars or so to it. Oh, you already have to have the truck, but the nice thing is that it doesn't do any damage or any permanent change to the pickup truck. So if you decide, you know, that you want to trade in your truck tomorrow, the thing lifts up. I mean, it's a little heavy. You need some help, but it lifts right out of the bed uh, with a couple of bolts, and you bring a different truck. They've got them that fit, you know, compact trucks like a Toyota Tacoma, uh, full-size trucks like a Dodge Ram. The bigger truck, the bigger the, the drawer space and storage space that you have. I like that. But I it's, ca- uh, yeah, I kind of like this idea. Cool, it's a pretty cool setup. Now, do they do it for different truck bed sizes, or how does that work? Uh, do you have to measure your truck and get the right one? Well, there's, there's some pretty standard bed sizes out there. Um, you know, the, the five and a half foot bed, six foot bed, that sort of thing. And so they will custom build to fit the bed of the truck. And they even have it go up over the wheel wells so that you don't lose any space. Uh, so they maximize the space out of it. Uh, and uh, obviously installation is pretty easy. I'm sure over time they will start to introduce more and more features for this as well, the things that you can do, you know, maybe a Wi-Fi unit or a satellite unit, those type of things. So you could, uh, it almost becomes like glamping, doesn't it? Exactly. I mean, you know, the tents can be pretty luxurious. Uh, They've got nice padding in them, that sort of thing. Uh, And it's already got USB uh, outlets on the the kitchen unit so that you can uh, plug in your laptop and, you know, you can work out in the middle of nowhere. Does it have recharge from the vehicle's power supply, or how do you recharge it? Uh, you can plug it into any 110 outlet. You know, so if you stop at a campground, uh, you know, partway through your trip, it uh, takes I think just you know a few hours to get it fully charged. There's also a portable solar panel which actually rolls up. You know, it fits in you know in your hand basically. And they said that if you plug that in, you know, let's say you park 
somewhere and you're going to go hike for the day, you plug that thing in, just lay it over the bed of the truck, and when you come back, your battery's charged fully. Oh, I kind of like this. I could actually disappear. You'd never find me again. As long as I could find food and fresh water, which I guess I could hunt for and get from a stream, but what? It actually has a water filter available as well, so you <laughs> could just get water from the stream. So Jen- they've, they've thought pretty much of everything except for the actual food part, which, you know, you'd have to maybe, you know, maybe Uber would still deliver. <laughs> Jen's cringing her face at me. <laughs> I don't think she likes the idea of me uh, living out in the wild. Okay. First of all, you call it glamping. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You wouldn't make it very long. It's glamorous camping. Yeah, you wouldn't make it very long. There's hotels. I could check into a hotel okay. if I got fed up. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no hunting yeah, this thing, for this anything. Thing would look great in the, in, this thing would look perfect in a parking lot of a Ritz-Carlton. There See? you go. I'm telling you. Perry, is this how you're going to vacation in the future, by the way? I would love to, actually. I'd love camping. And so the idea of not having to worry about, you know, making reservations at a campsite, you know, that you can, you know, and there's, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, there's all these logging roads and forest roads. And, you know, with this, you find a wide spot in the road or you find a nice, you know, spot next to a creek. And in five minutes, you know, you can have food cooking, the tent open and uh, be ready to go. That gives tailgating a whole new perspective. Oh, yeah, tailgating. That's awesome. Absolutely. All right, Perry, you've got us uh, all working in our heads. Perry Stern <laughs> is uh, is a great auto journalist. You can read the majority of your stuff at Our Auto Expert or uh, MSN Autos along with Auto Next. And, uh, of course, he writes about all the latest cool things, and Porsches and camping in the wilds. And Perry, I think you should go review some hotels now. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> and I'm not quite sure that they the you know, I suppose if you drove up to the hotel in say a Rolls Royce then you could review the Rolls Royce going to the hotel there you go you've worked it out Uh, majority of the stuff you can get this week ourautoexpert.com listen to all past episodes of the show and see our TV stuff we'll be back next week you've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com please follow us on all social media Twitter Facebook and Instagram at ourautoexpert and message us for a quick and witty response.